Hey, y'all, just before we start today's edition of Jeff's World, we got a little pre-ramble because uh, as we were finishing the show, Donald Trump got in front of a microphone. Oh, joy. Oh, boy. So, and uh, we're going to play that clip for you just uh. so you can listen. He was uh, on the Rose Garden, and he first was speaking with the NATO, with someone from NATO. I forgot who. Pardon me. I just, it's coming in fast. And he reaffirmed uh, that we do believe in Article 5, which is that uh, the point of NATO, which is all nations joined together, an attack on one is an attack on all. And so we reaffirmed that. And then uh, Jonathan Carl decided to ask him some questions about the Comey hearing, and this is what happened. Be fair, John. Oh, absolutely. Remember how um, nice you used to be before I ran? Um, Such a nice man. Always fair. Uh, Mr. President, um, I want to get back to James Comey's testimony. You suggested he didn't tell the truth in everything he said. Uh, he did say under oath that you told him to let the Flynn, uh, you, you said you hoped the Flynn investigation, you could let he could I didn't let say that. So he lied about that. Well, I didn't say that. I mean, I will tell you, I didn't say that. And, and did he ask you to pledge his And there'd loyalty? be nothing wrong if I did say it, according to everybody that I've read today, but I did not say that. And, and did he ask for a pledge of loyalty from you? That's another thing he said. No, he did not. So he said those things under oath. Would you be willing to speak under oath to uh, give your version of, of 100%. His and I didn't say under oath. I hardly know the man. I'm not going to say I want you to pledge allegiance. Who would do that? Who would ask a man to pledge allegiance under oath? I mean, think of it. I hardly know the man. It doesn't make sense. No, I didn't say that, and I didn't say the other. So if Robert Mueller wanted to speak with you about that, you I would, would be, be glad to, to, to tell him exactly what I just told you, Jim. And you seem to be hinting that there are recordings of those conversations. I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. Okay. Okay. Do you have a question here? When, when, when will you tell us about the recordings? Over a fairly short period of time. Wow. So... Um, Yikes. Ha! Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the FBI director's a liar. You Ooh. tell the truth, and you just said you'd be willing to say all that under oath. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, I, well, if he was a boxer, I would say don't lead with your chin, Donnie. <laughs> but dang. I believe what we're witnessing here, uh, I don't know if this is exact term, I, I, I mess up my different uh, you know, psychological terms, a critical energy of revenge. You know how when you're in a nuclear reactor and you know it goes critical mass, critical, and and everything's and then what? Of course, the energy is now built up so large you can't contain it. Right. I think this is what's happening with Donald Trump right now. Really? Is that? I mean, we've been kind of watching. He's got the temper. He's got the what have you. Uh, but now his anger and his revenge and his attack lens is so lit up and permanent. Uh, I, we're going to see something even worse, I think, soon. You think he's going to actually really lose it completely in front of a microphone? I think we're going to see something that makes almost everybody's jaw drop. Not this hard. He didn't make everybody. I mean, everybody in the Rose Garden's eyes drop because they're saying, oh, my, well, he's, he's, is he going to really testify? No, he's bluffing. He was not going to testify. And if he does testify under oath, then, he will have just sealed his. Well, then if if he is not telling the truth under oath, that is perjury. Last time I checked. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so so either either perjures himself yeah. or he admits uh, to obstruction of justice. Yeah, he's just taken a very large paintbrush and he's painted himself into a very untenable corner. I don't know how he gets out of this. He one. doesn't. And he doesn't care. We Dude, do, we he, don't has, know. he has wanted to be out of this job 14 seconds after he got it. Yeah, we He's are never wanted to be president. He wanted he wanted this to be the biggest publicity tour for Trump TV ever conceived. And yeah. unfortunately, he won the election. Yeah. 
It's the worst thing that happened to him. The worst thing that ever happened to him. On the one hand, it protects him because now the only people who can prosecute him are the Congress. Uh, when that's one thing about a president is that you know normal crimes and things have to be processed through Congress while right. you're president. Right. Uh, as a private citizen, of course, he would be up for obstruction of justice. Bob, Bob Mueller would bring him in from the FBI, and right. that'd be the end of it. That would have been done already. Uh, from the special prosecutor. But So now he's in this mixed bag where he's going to just melt down. But I think that in my analogy of the car chase, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the right. Comey thing, his, the tires blew— um, he's out of the vehicle now. He jumped out of the vehicle. And he's on foot. And I don't know if he's got a gun and he's going to do crazy stuff and where he's going to run into somebody's house or something. But he is definitely this is we're moving into the final stage of this chase, I think, because he's going to get angrier and he's going to get nastier. Well, that's all he knows how to do. Yeah. So that's he's got that one. That's how he fights battles is he denigrates his opponent as opposed to besting them. Now, if you've read about his mentor, Mark Cohn, the uh, the lawyer, famous lawyer who's like represented mafia dons, all those sort of things, oh, yeah. he's legendary. He taught him early on, and apparently it was very uh, it persuaded not only Donald Trump, but now he's taught Eric Trump and all these others, which is you never apologize, right. you never admit you're wrong, right. and you be nice to people until someone crosses you, and then you always respond with a bigger attack. You attack, 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 counterattack, attack. Yeah, disproportionate response. Disproportionate response, yeah. as they say. Yeah. And so we're seeing this play out, yeah. and he's going to, I don't know. So I think, I think at some point he'll drop an F-bomb live on the air. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> I'm waiting for some sort of you know? moment that, that where he just does says something so angry that you just go, wow. I mean, I guess maybe this was kind of the moment, though, because this was just a spitting and vim and I mean, yeah, just big, just, vinegar. Dude, and, no, dude, this isn't even close to the big show. Yeah, I think it's going to get bigger. <laughs> I think this isn't be... even close. And, and again, if you're uh, if you're his lawyer, Mark Kasowitz, oh, you must be yanking your hair up by the handfuls. Right? Just could you shut up? Just shut up. <laughs> you're not making my job easy. Every time you open my mouth, you put us 15 feet further behind. And the punditry is is yeah. is, is, is debating whether or not you know he should have taken advice. He's not taking advice. No. He's not listening to anyone. He doesn't take anyone's advice, dude. So. Anyway, uh, that just happened. Yeah. And that we're going to see where that goes. This will just be one of many events. The one thing that's tough, tough about doing Jeff's World is that the second we finish taping one, uh, a million things have happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to keep up just as quickly as you guys are out there. Yeah, until it's a 24-hour, <laughs> seven-days-a-week show. That's all we got to do. So, But thank you. And guess what? Uh, let's just go right to the rest of the show, then. I think you'll find it very exciting. Perfect. All right, here it is. Welcome to... Jeff's World with Jeff Stein, the show where social, political, economic, spiritual, and philosophical discourse goes to live. Because in Jeff's World, we never give up the high moral ground, take no political divisioners, and fight until the bitterness ends. And now, here's your host, recovering hope addict and paid volunteer in the American experiment, Jeff Stein. I, I just want everyone to see... How well it's going. It, it doesn't feel like it, I know, but it, it's, it's, we are learning so much right now in all of this craziness. The growth, if you could just step back a bit. I'm Jeff Stein, obviously, uh, along with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick. And uh, it's so good to be back. Uh, the vacations are fun, but I, I miss this, right? Don't you miss it? Miss it. Ah, especially, you know, we're junkies as I slap the vein on my arm. Uh, it's we're junkies, but it's good to see how many other junkies and how and again people are learning. We're I'm I'm astonished 
at how many average Joes and Janes are starting to know that we have three branches of government. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's sort of like a late adult civics class. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, they did cut civics out of school. True. So we got to give them some slack. (laughs) The only time you can learn it is when you're an adult. (laughs) Kind of. Remember, an an uninformed electorate is easier to control. Yes. But 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 we're asking questions and 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 life you know because life lessons are are I think well, in a sense pretty simple if you don't learn them they get harder right <laughs> well they, they damn sure get repeated don't they right <laughs> the, 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 every, you know cause, go ahead I was gonna say and the consequences get higher and higher yeah. as they get repeated and repeated because every subject in your life as you've heard this before is two subjects it's the what you want and the lack of what you want and you're focused on one or the other and when you focus on what you don't want when you focus you're either gonna get more pain or more gain and you know for a lot of folks the pain is ramping up right now it's getting kind of ugly uh because we're some of us are yet not yet ready to turn towards okay so what is good about what's going on what are we doing that's working and and i'm watching everyone again the one is the education people know the three branches they realize there's a judiciary that's supposed to be independent you know we're learning about that correct we're learning about that the executive branch and how much it can do and so's the president. And so's the president. <laughs> right. The president is getting his adult civics class. Yeah. So you're going to get more pain unless you turn towards your own truth. And what I mean by your own truth is your own, you know, knowingness that, that there's some sort of perspective you can live with. You've heard us say this on the show before, but you got to find something you can live with. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy looking at this TV screen yelling at it. And, and I understand why we're all yelling at it because it is frustrating. Um, but the ultimate lesson we're learning is that we are the leaders we're seeking, right? And, and well, we have to be because the leaders we have suck. Yes, and the advantage <laughs> of sucky leaders is that it makes us step up. It well, makes us say, well, I hope "What's so. our part in it?" I hope so. I hope we get less complacent. Yeah, and because if you you know if you, it's making us believe in humanity. I think I think it's looking more at humanity and who we are and are we in this together or not? Right, and I think the uh, the austerity movement. Uh, which was rampant across Europe, is is failing now. And you found that with Theresa May not being able to hold the coalition together and not being able to get all of her extremely right-wing conservative people to, to fall in line and, and get her more people to, to push her agenda. And she couldn't do it. He has, uh, thank you, Jeff Hendrick, for teasing one of the subjects we're going to do today. So today on Jeff's World, of course, Comey, Comey, Comey. Lots of Comey, Comey, Comey. Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. <laughs> Ooh, Lordy. Lordy, those tapes are good. Ooh, I hope they're I good. I hope you got them tapes. <laughs> Ooh, Lordy. We're going to talk about where Republicans who still support Trump scored points for their base in the hearings. Uh, there was kind of a nostalgic moment of Hillary hate. That was uh, fun for them. <laughs> <laughs> as well as uh, we're going to dust off this old golden oldie and play it on the air right? again uh, there, was, there was some repeat good, <laughs> uh, zoom, zoom. Uh, there was some uh, messenger attacking of course and uh, tarmac lives matter that's what I'm going to call it uh, from the Comey I'll explain that uh, Trump's dinner with Comey may have been awkward but apparently Donald's dinner with little Marco was productive We'll cover that. Uh, the parts of the Comey hearing which will restore your faith in democracy and give a finger to Russian disruption. There was some of that. We will also where that we that happened s- to me yesterday at Bed Bath and Beyond. 
<laughs> your faith in her democracy He's was restored. Did, no, <laughs> no, there was Russian disruption. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These two elderly Russian sisters, the way they were holding up the line at checkout, I was very suspicious. I thought they were putting oh, plants sent. <laughs> To just stir up chaos in the good old U.S. of A. That, that's one of the best things about living in Los Angeles is it's very international. And if you don't know, there's a lot of Russian stereotypes in town. They're, they're, Do, it's very funny. Dos coupon. <laughs> what, what, what coupon? No, actually, she was paying with a $100 bill. That was all the kerfuffle. So see? Oh, wow. Suspicious. Of course. So was the ink a bit damp on the bill? Is that I the problem? Know. And she went out a wad of 500 of them. Probably but I almost just lent part. her my credit card just to like, be like, you know, let's just get this over with. <laughs> I will pay for my convenience right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll also talk about where we stand in that high-speed Russia-Trump, you know, car chase, including the rebuttal battle with the New York Times and the new Salem witch trials reborn from the Comey hearings rebooted for leakers. The new witches are leakers. Of course. Now, uh, are we going to get to the point that if you're a private citizen and you have a private conversation about your other private conversation with your friends, that that's technically and legally not yeah. leaking? I think we should cover that. Can we get to that? I think we should do that. It depends on the content. That's right. Yeah. If right. it's pro-right wing in Russia, <laughs> or pro you're fine. <laughs> And as uh, Hendrick alluded to, we'll talk about what happened in the U.K. elections and two tales of British girl power that occurred there. Plus, oh, right on. Oh, yes, 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 right on. Plus how terror attacks are increasing unity. They mm. are, and it's cool to watch. The latest defense of President Trump by Republicans. I love this one. And a record Donald almost broke uh, on Twitter. <laughs> and the latest in heartwarming GOP family intervention with Trump. And his biggest addictions. They're trying. The right wing is trying. And really? I really, really appreciate it. Really? Yes. <laughs> and everyone from world leaders to local whistleblowers are standing up to President Trump and for Mother Earth and for health care for all. Very nice. Plus, Woo! our lightning round should include uh, Jurassic Park vindicated again. <laughs> Mom shaming 2017. Oh. Trumpy leaks. That's out there. And the biggest lie that keeps getting repeated. And I, I hope to get to this. I've been teasing it for a few shows. The story you missed of how Kansas and Governor Brownback reminds us of the philosophy of Paul Ryan, which will explain congressional budget priorities to you. It'll make more sense as we just kind of pull back the, the curtain on their philosophy. All of that. This is Jeff's World. Play that song. The one that makes me go. Thanks for stopping by in Jeff's world. I'm Jeff Stein, along with Eric Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick. And uh, we are talking about, we got to digress for a second. Yeah. Ba- basketball, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's, and it's it's the big thing this week. It's it's the finals. Uh, being from the San Francisco Bay Area, Golden State Warriors, kind of exciting. Both, uh, both of us. And they're, exactly. Both of us are dub fans. So. And, and, it, and, it, and this is where we lose Erica a little bit, but that's okay. They're uh, on a 16-0 and run. Is that what you said? They're, they're, if they win if tonight, they win if they win tonight, they will go sixteen and zero in the postseason. Never been done by a basketball team ever. Unbelievable! And, I, and they also won seventy three out of eighty two games. Yeah, last season. That's and the fun a thing lot about of winning, and the it's fun thing is, there. She gets that. <laughs> and the fun thing about it, which you can relate to, Eric, is they're not a bunch of giant people. Usually, oh, really? <laughs> like you have the Shacks and the, you know whatever these giant no. huge players. I'm like the two and, of you. Right? <laughs> 
We should rename the show Erica with the Giants. You, the, the, the funny thing is, we are we are tiny by NBA comparison. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff and I are six oh, four. Yeah. We wouldn't yeah. even make the team. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Except that, like, how tall is Comey? Do you think? Yeah, he's six seven. Six eight. Six eight. Six yeah, eight. Six yeah. eight. Yeah. Lordy, James Comey. Lordy, Lordy. I know. But that's a tall <laughs> drink of water. Daggum! That is. So- Right? So we're going to get to that tall drink of water. I wanted to jump real fast into the UK situation. There was a big election, for those who don't follow it, uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, Theresa May, who was the conservative leader, the Tory leader. And um, big fan of Brexit. And big fan of Brexit and big fan of making pensioners pay for their own health care and things. It's pretty pretty right-wing stuff if you're uh, against it. I mean, it's pretty hard on labor, pretty hard on the poor. Well, Uh, it's, it's it's the A word. And the one we can say, austerity. Austerity, that, that <laughs> word. So they- In call, other words, F the poor, <laughs> F the working. Yeah, kind of, a little yeah. bit. She's meeting with the queen to try to form a minority government because she's got what they call a hung parliament because you have to get three, out of the 650 seats, you need 326, you need half, or half plus one in order to dictate the government and fill it with your cabinet ministers. And they don't have it after this election. Lost a bunch of seats and Labor picked up. Jeremy Corbyn, who you'd love. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so she's actually got to reach across the aisle and do some actual... With the Irish, of politi- all people. With the Democratic ah. unis- Unionists, the Irish. Oh, Teresa, come on over. Sit down and have a pint. You're right, big turd. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you with your austerity and punishing the poor. Look at you. Oh, man. So anyway, do yourself a favor. Try to check it out. It's fascinating because parliament versus American government is is very different, of course. If they don't have a majority, you have to make deals with other parties. And there are many parties, even though there's mainly the the Labor Party and the Tories, the Conservative Party. There are four other, you know, five or six other parties, really, if you count the little ones. And they're making deals. And that's what Theresa has to do. And when you make deals, this is the beautiful part of their democracy. So the Irish are the ones they're talking to a lot. They're similarly, some of them are similarly conservative. Well, they're asking for concessions. They're saying, well, you're not going to screw our people. You know, they're saying, <laughs> you can have your majority, you can have your thing, but you got to put this person here and you can't do that, you know? And that's really cool to be able to do we, that. We'd appreciate you not screwing us off. It <laughs> sounds kind of like a democracy. Shh. It is. Shh. It's just different. It is really to the two coins. You You're can have absolutely a- right. <laughs> because truly with two parties, I mean, so easy for the top and the two to collude to have one agenda. Yeah. You right. Mean, you mean like we've had for the last 30 years? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay. our downside of our bicameral <laughs> system, of course, yeah, is limited in the ability of new ideas, where now you've got the Irish going, oh, we're at the table, here we go. You know, And so you've got this fun kind of circumstance uh, where they get to hold each other accountable. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, one of the things that was fascinating, here's the parallel. Uh, I keep noticing, and I don't want to try to make conclusions necessarily about how conservatives are or how liberals are, labor people versus you know yeah. business Watch people. the broad brush. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to watch the broad brush. But one thing that keeps popping up is that conservatives on the other side of the pond as well as ours, they don't like to apologize or admit they're wrong. Ever. No, hardly ever. And that's the, because that's because their worldview is that of the authoritarian parent. Right. And an authoritarian parent does not apologize. That's true. They are right, even when they're wrong. Yeah. Well, they also see it as weakness, I think, too. If you admit you're wrong, then that might show that you're not fallible, I guess. I don't know. authoritarian. I find it is so strong and courageous to say, yeah, blew that one, um, and we're going to fix it. That to me seems more that's why courageous. You're a progressive, uh, right? Or yeah, a that's, or, <laughs> that's, that's also it's a difference in worldview. Right, but and, that's also what an evolved creature does. Oh, that was a mistake. 
if I admit it and learn from them, I won't make it again. Right. Yeah. And I have been seeing a lot more of my Republican friends moving that way, the David Jollies and even the George Wills and stuff, you know, who are saying, hey, yeah, that's wrong. We got to fix that. I think the nice only, see. see, I, I think you- Over-endowing again? You're over <laughs> Jolly, I get. He seems to be le- legitimately be waking up and smelling future. the coffee. But I think George Will is simply saying anything that will continue to have him on the air and make money. Yeah, all right. I don't know if he's that craven, but yeah, maybe. I don't know what's I, in his I head. remember when you thought Paul Ryan wasn't that craven. Ooh, we're going to get to him. That's for sure. Speaking of learning. I'll tell you what. Well, uh, <laughs> I think Jeff Stein is on a learning curve oh, here. Absolutely. Yes, he is. All, oh, every all day, are. all the time. <laughs> I'm definitely the first one to say that. So, all right. Well, again, the election was huge in, in UK, and that's a big deal. But uh, as we're, since we're bumming, I'm going to play a, a, and come back here. Uh, but I want to continue with this, and I want to show you, based on their terror attack, uh, kind of the two different ways that that it changed their dialogue and how it's starting to unify. You're listening to Jeff's World. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths. This is Jeff's World, also known as Erica and the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeff Stein, along with Erica Ferriston. Uh, that, that just sounds like a kid's book. <laughs> doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Doesn't it? Uh, so, and Erica went for a walk in the woods where she ran into two giants. <laughs> I suddenly found myself uncomfortable being the lead in this title. <laughs> funny. All right, so the thing that brought UK together on it. They've had, you know, three attacks in three months. Right. Terrorist attacks. And as we've said on this show, one of the things I think is changing about our society is we're moving from the paradigm of trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong and more to is that kindness or is that meanness? Is that love or is that hate? Is that, you know, and, and I think this was so well illustrated. And it did. It's it's unifying folks. And I know you have a funny story about the milkman uh, that you put on the Facebook page. I, I think I think it but, made it to the Facebook page. Uh, but also, I, I thought it was great that the Muslim leaders of London came out and said, hey, you know what? We're not going to do the rites of burial for these guys that blew people up and stabbed people. Wow. Sorry, you don't get that from us. Wow. And that's, that's a... That's a- Huge message they are when you're sending doing it, out yeah. to their community because, yeah. you know, the reason why these mostly young people become these suicide bombers is because they think that they're going to get some promise in the afterlife. And that is sending a clear message to uh-uh. any, you know, future right. uh, suicide bombers, not necessarily. But I do think that this would make a great Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs> what, the, what? Like the terrorists sitting around going, ah, what did we do wrong? They're coming together. We're supposed to be scaring them, dividing them, separating. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. And just like their complete and total frustration of their terror failure. Yes. Like a a boardroom with six guys in it trying to pitch a better terror attack and they just can't. Yeah. So let's compare. Let's compare and contrast, like All we used right. to do in college, let's right? Do it. Let's okay. start with Nigel Farage. We know Nigel Farage. Uh, the, you'll recognize their voice when you hear it if you haven't heard. A big UK, you know, politician who pushed for Brexit hard, pushes for stuff against the Muslims. Well, he was on. He's a regular. He's a Fox News contributor. Oh, that's so surprising. Oh, <laughs> I love you guys. Shock. <laughs> All right. So he was on Fox News. Said a few things about it. That what be- is the mood? What is the sense where you are of the people in the UK about this? threat of terror they feel like where they are they have a handle on it 
We are, as a people, very slow to anger. Uh, we're remarkably tolerant of things. Uh, and the mood that I get now is we want some real action. We don't just want speeches given outside Number 10 Downing Street. We want genuine action. And if there is not action, then the calls for internment will grow. We have over 3,000 people on a sort of known terrorist list, and we're watching and monitoring their activities. But a further 20,000 people, uh, you know, who are persons of interest, namely they're linked in some way to extremist organisations. And I, you know, unless we see the government getting tough, mm -hmm. you will see public calls for those 3,000 well, to be arrested. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that is the right approach, because the big sure. danger with that is we might alienate decent, fair-minded well, Muslims in Britain. But whatever happens... We do need action. Would be and even he was smart enough to kind of Mother catch. of God, are you serious? Internment. Yeah, because that's always worked out so well. Right? Historically, we've got a number of examples where that just went so swimmingly well. Yeah. Good it, Lord. And really? It was, it was so toxic. Even when they came back from the break, the Fox News panel had to say, uh, by the way, internment. Uh, yeah, we, we don't want to necessarily support internment. Really? Steve Ducey grew a spine for nine was, tenths of a second? It was the weekend crew. Oh, but was, yeah, of course. Uh -huh. But even still. The weekend crew. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't think douchebag would stand up to that kind of talk. So Criminy. that to me is the one side. That's the, okay, let's meet fear with fear. Let's get angry. Right, let's who's right? Who's wrong? They're wrong. We're right. So we can intern them because we're right and they're wrong. And it's just ratcheting up fear and hate. Are those internment yeah. camps run by private corporations? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, only here in the States. Yeah, they're still <laughs> vastly more socialist over in England. Uh, yeah. you know, they still in the government. I mean, the, the, the prisons, the hospitals. <laughs> are all, you know, publicly uh, managed and owned. But the other side of that, you guys saw this after the terrorist attack, the, what they referring to as the bystander Richard Engel, who, Angel, who's this guy. You, I'll just play the clip. This is the other side of the response, which I think represents where uh, the world is going. And I keep saying, if me having a gin and tonic with my friends, flirting with handsome men, hanging out with brilliant women, is what offends these people so much, I'm going to do it more, not less. Because that's what makes London so great. That's what makes this the best city in the world. And we're going to go out and enjoy it more. And... I'm more determined than ever to love the city that looks after me. And looks after the me. emergency services were just phenomenal. Like, they were there within seconds. They kept us safe. They swept the place. And then two things really struck with me. One, when we were leaving, the police were our eyes and ears. As we're trying to avoid blood or people's shoes that have fallen off or dropped wallets or whatever, they were our eyes and ears and they kept us safe. But secondly, I noticed the paramedic that was looking after a woman who was sadly face down on the ground. There was a couple of them and thought, they run at danger. Then they turn their back to danger to put together the life in front of them while we're running for our lives behind them. And I thought that, I don't know, I, I, I'd not thought about it in that way before, but <laughs> they, they seem to be the most vulnerable at that point, and they did a remarkable thing, and I might never meet the people who made judgments that potentially saved my life last night, but I'm thankful to those people, and I hope London hugs them in lots of ways, and... And, and clearly you're saying in every way life life carries on London Absolutely. bounces back in the way that we've seen Manchester bounce they back. They hate our democracy go vote people, they hate our equality, go and meet somebody you haven't met before from a different part of the world I was having dinner with an Australian, like next time it should be with someone from Pakistan or Africa or whatever, like that's what's so great about London and small minded, cowardly evil people should not change our way of life, they won't make me scared on the streets of London and 
I just think the people of Manchester have inspired us in the last fortnight, and I hope the Londoners do their bit, and I am confident they will step up to the plate. Okay, he's my new gay best friend. Right? <laughs> I was going to say he's the new M- he's the new member of Parliament. Yeah, and my new gay best friend. <laughs> what a brilliant cat! Yeah, and this you is know, and he got it. He, that's that's it. Love yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something that our leaders had to come up with. This is an example no. of being the change that you want to see because he just said, no, I'm gonna do, we're going to do our bit. <laughs> now, what is, have you seen the story about the guy who called himself Millwall? Mm-mm. This guy flat out ran out of a pub directly at attackers. Wow. Just said. Oh, get him. Yeah. I got it. He's just like, oh, no, not this. And boom, came flying out of the pub. I think. He was armed with only two wooden crates, one in each hand, and he just started <laughs> swinging. And they I stabbed him almost over a half dozen times in the neck and in the head and the shoulders. And he was just like, no, nah, I'm not having any of this. And he just kept swinging until the cops came. <sighs> and is he okay? He's in the hospital with the biggest grin on his face that I saw a picture of him. He's just like, oh, yeah, I wasn't having any of it. <laughs> and it's, I think... As as a planet, maybe we're getting to the point where we're just saying, you know, standing up to yeah, bullies, bullies, bullies. and that's yeah. what and that's what all of these people are at their core is they're cowardly bullies. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to make up for a low self esteem with dramatic actions or violence. Yeah, that's and it's uh, right? we're not as a planet. I think we're not buying it anymore. Nope. And that's a big wake up call. That's huge. I'm still us. thinking back though to what you said earlier how um, what is it the Muslim uh, imams are saying yeah. that uh, you're not going to get the burial rights yeah. that's the most powerful message yeah. that that's your own community saying no we don't, yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't play yep so there you go uh, women come back where Republicans who still support Trump scored points for their base uh, a nostalgic moment of Hillary hate like I said as well as some messenger attacking and tarmac lives matter this is Jeff's world I This is Jeff's World, the place where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture is seen through the eyes of possibility, purpose, and punchlines. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Fairston, and uh, here's little Paul Ryan. I I think people now realize why the president is so frustrated. When the FBI director tells him on three different occasions he's not under investigation, yet the speculation swirls around the political system that he is, that's frustrating. Of course the president's frustrated, and I think the American people now know why he was so frustrated. <laughs> oh, president is frustrated, baby. <laughs> Grow up. Funny. It's his job to be frustrated. I, I, why don't they let me be king? Mm. Remember when, when <laughs> President Obama was frustrated because... Uh, some Congress wouldn't idiot. pass anything ever. Yeah. And uh, Trump, the man of integrity, started yeah. the whole birther movement mm. that he was not yeah. born in the United States. I mean, h- how much were we like, oh, you guys, stop frustrating the president. Come on. It's hard. Hurts so, his feelings. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, Donald Trump is allowed to learn on the job, but uh, President Obama was vilified for being a, quote, Community organizer, yeah, and he not was a state senator, you know, a yeah, federal never, senator. Uh, never mind, he was a, yeah, a state senator, and then then a big time senator. Yeah, yeah, but but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Um, Those are facts. Well, you know, so 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 where they they landed some hits, and um, you know, as you look through the conservative 
pages, you'll see this. Uh, one was what I just referenced, where because they kept getting Comey to say, yeah, at the time he wasn't under investigation. And there you go. And yeah, at the time being the operative phrase. Well, I mean, it's like, yeah, we of course. And it's true. It's great. Run with that. Go ahead and you know enjoy that for the moment. Uh, and even if it comes to a point where the only one who didn't know what was going on was Donald Trump, because the only defense you currently have is ignorance. You're basically saying, oh, yeah, Donald Trump was not under investigation, but everybody around him was. Right. <laughs> so not everybody, but obviously a lot of people around him were. Just about everybody. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really help you much. But anyway, they got that. They felt good about that. And that's why Paul Ryan, you know, when they are taking any little nugget they can to try to, you know, they can feel good up. all they want because feelings <laughs> don't matter in a criminal investigation. That's right. Remember they said that. They even said that. <laughs> nice. the thing. Uh, so the other one that they kind of hit some some hits on and use a baseball analogy to really? maybe maybe some scored a few runs was on uh, Lankford the uh, Idaho senator who uh, I'll play a little clip he got into it with the whole Loretta Lynch stuff and then you made a comment earlier about um, the attorney general uh, previous attorney general uh, asking you about the uh, investigation on the Clinton emails saying that you've been asked not to call it an investigation anymore but Clinton to call emails. it a matter and you had said that confused you. Can you give us additional details on that? Well, it concerned me because we were at the point where we had refused to confirm the existence, as we typically do, of an investigation for months. And it was getting to a place where that looked silly because the campaigns were talking about interacting with the FBI in the course of our work. Such a the, classic. The Clinton campaign Tell at me. the time was using all kinds of euphemisms, security review, matters, things like that what was going on, we were getting to a place where the Attorney General and I were both going to have to testify and talk publicly about it, and I want to know, was she going to authorize us to confirm we had an investigation? And she said, yes, but don't call it that. Call it a matter. And that's where the, the meat was. And to be honest, if Hillary Clinton were president, became president, we would be talking about Impeaching her because of this. Yeah, well, we'd certainly be talking about Loretta Lynch resigning. I'm saying resigning. the other side would be yeah, saying, would, yeah. would take this all the way. But we would. It would be to me on my my. It is a legitimate problem when Loretta Lynch says, "Start calling it a matter instead of investigation." It Agreed. ends up having no effect, right? Because you know, as Comey explains later, I didn't but, play the whole clip. But. but politics is all optics. It is, and it doesn't look good when you meet with the husband of the. Democratic candidate in the tarmac on the tarmac lives matter and to me that is what forced Comey's hand to pursue this in the way that he did and all the Democrats and liberals were so upset with him and it was like no no you need to be upset with Bubba yeah and right and she should have refused him entry at her plane I I got right that's hard to do but he is the one who boarded that plane yeah. and knew better, shouldn't have done it. And he, you know, I think really forced Comey's hand to then pursue this in the way that he did. Yep. Also, I want to say... And which nothing was found. Right. And I want to say one more time for the record, James Comey wrote a private and secure letter to Jason Chaffetz, who was the head of that committee. Chaffetz then leaked the letter. James Comey did not. And I am so angry and tired of listening to the right throw that lie around like it's the truth. Well, I think that it's a good point that that you keep making because that is the truth. That is the truth. And uh, it's a valid 
and, point. And no one knows where that little greasy weasel is now. Yeah. He split uh, out of Congress, and he's gone, Daddy gone. Well, he's still, yeah, he's I still think the, he's got a GoDaddy website. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, yeah. I think to he's, run for something. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Gov- governor of Utah is w- what the rumor is. Good luck. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Chaffetz. But it, but yes. Yeah, so so for the record, yeah. uh, Loretta Lynch, she probably would have been forced to resign and would have had to had Hillary become president because of this kerfuffle of of the not keeping the Justice Department independent. Right. Correct. And this is what we're talking about. And so just for the sake of hypocrisy clarification sure. uh i would be one of the people i'm pretty sure i mean you never know because you don't know what would have actually how it played out but i probably would have called for loretta lynch's resignation i would too <laughs> absolutely absolutely so, and both erica and i are, are far more left than you and it still stunk to us yeah absolutely yeah so that you know the, so, so they got some stuff there and the right wing is having a lot of fun with that and the leaking as you mentioned they're trying to make you know james comey out to be a leaker uh, which again, as you point out, these are private citizens. These are private things. These are not classified material right. that are putting anybody. In. So yeah. I just I think it's really careful. So the, they are so good at framing things, and yeah. we always buy their frames. Even Obamacare, it's the Affordable Health Care Act. But with yeah. this one, it was not a leak. It was a release. Right. And the, the difference is, is what you were just explaining. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he is the director of the FBI, and it was unclassified yep. information, and he has the authority to release that information oh, to the-, the public, and that is what he did. A leak is when it's classified, you don't have permission, authorization, authorization. Yeah. and you know better. <laughs> I think. So, yeah. please, and ironically, when you refer to this, it's a release. Yeah, and ironically, if they hadn't, if he hadn't fired James Comey as an employee, they could have limited his ability oh, to absolutely. release that. They could, they could have, they could have gag ordered him up like yeah. the mummy. Well, look, yeah. no one voted for Trump because of his brains. <laughs> Well, some did. A lot of people think he's brilliant. And uh, <laughs> if they still do, I can't explain that. So, uh, But other hits. They did hits. They did. Yeah, there are millions of people in Australia think Vegemite's tasty. Whatever. That's a good point. <laughs> if you've never had Vegemite, you'll see what he means. Boy. It's not tasty. At least I don't think so. So, uh, But there were other hits. Um, okay. And well, one, one they kind of missed. And so much so that uh, Seth Meyers even had a little fun with it. Comey said explicitly he took that as a direction to end the investigation, and yet Republicans seem to harp not on Trump's apparent attempt to interfere with the criminal investigation, but on the words he used, like Senator Jim Risch of Idaho. He did not direct you to let it go. Oh, God. Not in his words, no. He did not order you to let it go. Again, those words are not an order. No. He said, I hope. I took it as a direction. Right. I mean, as the President of the United States... With me alone saying, I hope this, I took it as, this is what he wants me to do. Now, I didn't didn't obey that, but that's the way I took it. You may have taken it as a direction, but that's not what he said. Correct. He said, said, I hope. Right. Look, when someone says, I hope you'll join us for dinner, they want you to come to dinner. (laughs) They're not going to answer the door and say, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) You invited me. I was just hoping. That's very fun. Well, listen, even my kids know this, right? right? They know when I say, I hope 
you get your shoes on in the next minute. <laughs> There's no question in their nine and seven year old brains, they better get their shoes on in the next minute. Yeah, and, and, and Kamala Harris pointed out a great, or I think it was her, she said, if, if someone comes up to you with a gun and says, I hope you give me your wallet, hope is not the operative word here. <laughs> when the president says and does a private meeting with you, clears the room yeah. and says, I hope you do something. Thing, it's an order. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially not, especially when you have Jared Kushner and the Attorney General leave the room. Reluctantly. Right. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. No, this is if for those paying attention, this is obstruction of justice. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry you can say what you want to say, but you can line up a thousand. It's like climate change. You could line up a hundred legal scholars and ninety eight of them will say that this is eh, obstruction looks of like justice. Obstruction to me. Yeah. Remember, Richard Nixon went down for obstruction of justice by simply on a tape saying, uh-huh. That's all he did. And That's even it. and I've been watching the punditry, the Watergate lawyers said he didn't even have to say, uh-huh. He could have just remained quiet. And after they said, this is what we're going to do, if he just consented with his silence, it would have worked. Right. So, you know. But this one having, uh, since you brought that up, I do think, and I do think that all of the left-wing people center-wing people, uh, <laughs> sensible Republican people, who think that this is going to lead to an impeachment, give it up. Stop with the hope because you, it's, this is not the, the Republican Congress who is in charge of that process happening. They are not just content with Trump. They are happy with Trump. If you look at, and this is where the news needs to be reporting. If you look at all of the consumer protections they are undoing, the tax cuts for the wealthy, um, which they're you know, trying to get through at least. The, the, all of this stuff, that's what they're doing. They have no intention of impeaching this president. And, and what happened in that testimony yesterday did not change that. No, that is true. And I, mean, I think, like, sitting in this, okay, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and no. in this false hope, instead, use the the energy that you have to actually do something productive. Well said. Got to get back to the issues. Be, be for what you're for instead of this revenge issue of trying to just take down Trump. It's not going to help you. Focus, like Eric has just pointed out, on what they're doing and push back against that, right. which people are. And en- engage, have. don't enrage. Yeah, well said. So I want to continue on this because there are a few other things, that the, a few other punches that the Republicans landed, and you can just judge for yourself if they hit well or not before we get to the rest of Comey's testimony. This is Jeff's World. Waking up to kiss you and nobody's there This is Jeff's World, the independent state of mind, where we look at this gorgeous country and all its complicated glory and just love her exactly the way she is because she's perfect, right? Like me. Like Erica Ferriston. <laughs> totally who kidding. Is totally perfect. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised Sh- at all. Shockingly so, she's perfect. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. And Jeff Hendricks. See, yeah, the Jeffs love uh, the Erica too much for her own good, probably. And uh, so thank you for listening. Also, Facebook, Twitter, please join us on that. We're talking about Comey, of course. Comey, Comey, Comey. And some of the hits that the Republicans landed. Uh, I think they did, at least for us in some ways. One of them was uh, Cotton from old, uh, you know, Tom Cotton, the new senator from, help me, hold on, Arkansas? Arkansas, Arkansas yeah. And uh, he caught one, and I'll give him credit for this one. Here's a little Our Generation's on, Niedermeyer. Uh, February 14th. <laughs> Our Generation's Niedermeyer. Very good. On 
February 14th, the New York Times published a story, the headline of which was, Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. You were asked earlier if that was uh, an inaccurate story, and you said, in the main, would it be fair to characterize uh, that story as almost entirely wrong? Yes. So we got a nice uh, slam on the New York Times and their report that they did uh, was it a month or two ago. I think it was in February. That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, that said, there's all these Russian contacts, and Comey said, "Don't got any of that." No, that didn't happen. Now, a couple things. First of all, right off the top, you can't have it both ways, Republicans. You can't say that James Comey is a liar, 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 and then take his word on this one. Right. Good okay. point. Sure, sure, now, sure they know, can. He's telling the truth on uh, the They're Republicans. That's what they do. <laughs> I feel the wind when I hear you guys say that. Because they're not all bad, obviously. Republicans are us. They're, they're, they're us. They're right. Just, but know, the guys in. It's my confused. shadow side. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta you got to admit that the. The Republicans in this committee are not the rank and file everyday meet them on the street. Right, we're not talking about everyday. We're talking about the Republican career co- politicians. Right. Yeah, some yeah. of them uh, professional I'm, hypocrites. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> dude. I think Tom Cotton qualifies as a professional hypocrite. He's evolving, but right now, yes, he's still. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a little more light from Tom, but he has. I'm looking for been... people who are already evolved to take such positions in leadership. Yeah, I know. No. Evolved people are hard to find. Um. Hey, look, not necessarily. <laughs> You've got an opposable thumb and no excuses, Senator Cotton. Get it together. But the point is, is that. But the... yes, you're right. You can't call him a liar and then so like the what truth. he says here and say like the, that's the truth. So. But I was Keep watching going. this, and I was definitely saying to myself, New York Times, I hope you got a good rebuttal. And they did have a pretty good Mike Schmidt and all the guys that put those articles together. They've been obviously saying, hey, uh, we're not real surprised that James Comey said that, but we can also show you all the folks that – because in his world, they said – they basically portrayed that in James Comey's world, the FBI, yeah, he uh, he doesn't he didn't get that. But in the other – but apparently other intelligence agencies <laughs> have very much – been reporting to not only the New York Times but four or five other publications to verify this. So, so I don't get a... that. You got to explain okay, that to so, me. How right. is it that our FBI direct does he not talk to these like, other people? There also there there are other independent investigations going on other than the FBI one. I think there's one over at NSA. I think there's one at the CIA. And the Treasury and, too. And but, Treasury yeah. and I think DNI the. Uh, de- the director of national intelligence. He, I think they're also looking into things, and I think. Well, and then there's the RICO. Yeah, there's so RICO stuff, yeah. I think you you are, and I think this is what we saw in the testimony previous to Comey, was you saw people saying, "I can't talk about that in open session," and the translation of that is, "I can't tell you what is being actively investigated right now because it would screw it up." So yeah. I can't tell you, and I can't even say that to you. Yeah, I have to say simply. I cannot answer that in open court. What are the sentiments? But I, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck here. No, no, I okay, get it. The, but, uh, but Comey said, no, it is false. He didn't say, I, I don't know, defer to he, so-and-so, maybe they have the information, yeah. can't comment. He said, absolutely not true. Yeah, part of, I think, what he's saying, in, and rightfully so, folks that work in the Justice Department, in any part of it, whether it's intelligence or the FBI or what have you, they don't like leaks. They really hate when people go to newspapers and start saying things because it messes with their investigations. Okay. And 
a lot of stuff gets sent out when it is still kind of doughy. So the lesson still is, you know, I don't know if the New York Times is 100% accurate on this. I don't know. It may be. Well, they are standing by it. They are standing by it. And they've added more sources to their standing. So, but again, you just have to, as a, as a consumer, as a democracy person, as a participant, you have to kind of go, okay, I'm going to take that into my awareness. I'm not going to make definitive conclusions about it. And that's, and Comey, Anybody that, that involves in law are definitive conclusion people. They don't. They hate hearsay. They don't like right. this sort of thing. Right. They want it to be minimum circumstantial, maximum testimonial, and fact evidentiary. So you know this is this is an example of again another great educational teachable moment of what is a priority of somebody in the Justice Department versus what is a priority of American people who are wanted, wanting to be aware of things. You know, so we as American people in the New York Times we're looking for smoke. They're looking for fire. Right. You know, to give an analogy to sim- oversimplify it. And so Comey said. I don't have any, this is not what I know to, you know, saying that I don't have any evidence to all these Russian discussions that the New York Times claims. Right. Is it not true? Doesn't make, I don't know. Doesn't make it false. Doesn't make it false, right. But it doesn't make it, you know, it's cer- it he, it certainly he didn't verify it. Well, no. So we don't know. It's which squishy. Is, which is the honest thing for him to do if he cannot yeah. confirm it to not confirm it. And, you know, if you know anything about publications like the New York Times, uh, this creates meetings. You know, they all sit down and go, okay, because their number one incentive, whether you believe in it or not, is to be credible. Then so they, God, you ha- yeah, that, that of any news source I is would to think. be credible. Right. Number one incentive, and so you know they're they're going into they're springing into action. Will they have blown this one? And they have made many retractions over the years. This is part of the thing about trying to be awareness is that sometimes you put stuff out there and you find out the sources were full of it. Right, and it happens. Uh, and that's why they usually insist upon multiple sources. Now, fortunately, they've had multiple sources on most things that have occurred lately. Golly, if we had only had that with Curveball. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So there was one more quick clip that uh, that to, to clear the air on, and I thought was good news about uh, Comey and about our institutions, and, and I'm going to do more of that, too, when we come up here. But the um, – well, let me just – Six meetings, uh, three times in person, six on the phone, nine times – a conversation with the president. Did he ever uh, at that time allude that you were not uh, performing adequately? Ever indicate that at all? Oh, no. In fact, the contrary, quite often. Yeah, he called me one day. I was about to get on a helicopter. The head of the DEA was waiting in the helicopter for me. And he just called to check in and tell me I was doing an awesome job <laughs> and wanted to see how I was doing. And I said, I'm doing fine, sir. And then I finished the call and got on the helicopter. Mr. Comey, do you believe you would have been fired if Hillary Clinton had become president? That's a great question. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's a perfect answer. Do you have any thoughts about it? No, I might have been. Uh, I, I don't know. Look, I, I've said before uh, that was an extraordinarily difficult and painful time. I think I did what I had to do. I knew it was going to be very bad for me personally. And the consequence of that might have been. If Hillary Clinton was elected, I might have been terminated. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. I don't think he would have been. I think she's way too smart for that. And I don't I don't think that's an appropriate question to be it's asking. Stu- what what does that question, question have to do with anything except bring up Hillary? That's it. And that is part of it. I mean, because there's a whole half of the electorate, not half, but there's the folks in the right who want to relitigate and they're a little pissed about the Hillary inconsistencies, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, Joe Manchin, who's a West Virginia Democrat, went ahead and said, hey, well, let's go ahead and ask this. Do you think you would have been fired from Hillary? Cause yeah. I, cause what, he was but, asked, then, but then he, the, he says, I don't know. It's a pretty clear answer. And yeah. Then there's a pause, a pregnant pause, and he says, 
Do you have any thoughts about it? Here's a, How much more can here, I drag here, this out? Right. Here's a thought I have, Joe. Uh, what about your scumbag daughter who quintupled the price of the EpiPen, yeah. you scumbag? What about that? Ooh. You want to talk about some stuff, Joe? No, let's not, let's not speculate on Hillary. Let's talk about your scumbag, greedy, horrible offspring, Joe. Why don't we have a little meeting about that, you dino piece of crap? I uh, say primary. primary. Oh, hell yeah. Let's primary Joe right the hell out of his job. So that guy's let's carried, get a bus. That guy has carried more <laughs> Republican water than any other Democrat on the Hill. Uh, I would almost consider him an Eisenhower Republican. I, I, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I like Joe Manchin. And, um, you can like him. I think he's a douchebag. <laughs> I, I love you, but I don't, I'm not going to agree with you on this yeah, one. No, you don't need to. He's gone out of his way to really cover his daughter's ass while she's ripping off people uh, who have diabetes. So coming up, I want to I want to explain why I think he asked that question. But to but to answer it, right. I agree with you, Erica, that uh, she wouldn't have fired James Comey, especially if she won. If she won the election, to be like, okay, we can we can forgive and forget that uh, there was this ugly kerfuffle. I would have to say, if she was president and she fired him, I, I, that just would be the stupidest yes, thing to super do. Stupid. And and I. You know, I try to call it like it is. I'm not the yeah. biggest fan of Hillary Clinton, but she is smart. I would have been horribly disappointed in her if she, because uh, it would have shown that her skin well, is I'm too thin. I'm already horribly disappointed. Well, but she's a, <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> she is smart, and that would have been, as Trump likes to say, stupid. Yes. Well, what I, th- what I find amazing is that Trump did it because then suddenly you've let go of all of your control over this person. Yeah. He's now a private citizen, and you really can't do squat. Yeah. To him now that he's a private, so, uh, private well, Joe. Trump's so. favorite word is stupid. So coming up, the parts of the Comey hearing. Uh, yes, it is. Wait a minute. I, you, you, you set it up here. No, I know words. I have the best words. Oh, my goodness. I have the, but there's no better word than stupid. Well, there you <laughs> right? go. There is none. There's no, there's no, there's no word like that. Thank you, Donald. Coming up, the parts of the Comey hearing which will restore your faith in democracy and give a finger to Russian disruption and unfortunately involve Joe Manchin, but you're going to love him anyway. This is Jeff's World. Time goes by. I believe in you. This is Jeff's World, the place where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture are seen through the eyes of possibility, purpose, and punchlines. I'm Jeff Stein with Erica Farriston and Jeff Hendrick. And the uh, latest defense, we're going to talk about the defense that the Republicans came up with uh, for Donald Trump. They're really trying. I'll give them credit for earnestly. You give them credit all the time. (laughs) Stop. I love it. I'm so tired. Fox News, that's just the right-wing credit network. We don't need to give them any credit. So They give themselves credit. So the, so the Trump's defense is, I'm imagining something along the lines of the Maginot line. Right, yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> so now we have very clear, damning evidence that the president lied about interfering in a criminal investigation and possibly committed obstruction of justice, and yet Republicans have done everything they can to either dismiss or deny Comey's allegations. For example, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie suggested that Trump couldn't be held accountable for his actions because he doesn't know what he's doing. What people don't understand is that they elected an outsider president. Mm-hmm. They elected someone who had never been inside government. What you're seeing is a president who is now very publicly learning about the way people react to what he considers to be normal New York City conversation. It's probably just his accent, but New York City conversation sounds like mafia slang. 
take this guy behind the warehouse and have a New York City conversation with him. And if that don't work, open up a Jersey discussion. Worst comes to worst. A Staten Island tete-a-tete. <laughs> and the other thing... <laughs> thank you, Seth Myers. The other thing he's referring to is this, uh, the Paul Ryan clip. As far as the, 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 the conversations and all of that, um, I'm not going to speculate on any of this. I, I would just add um, that, of course, there needs to be a degree of independence between DOJ, FBI, and a White House, and a line of communications established. The president's new at this. He's new to government. And so he probably wasn't steeped in the long-running protocols that established the relationships between DOJ, FBI, and White Houses. He's just new to this. I release my co-host. So he's an ignorant guy running around in the dark with a blindfold on bashing into things. Great. Good. Oh, let's heap praise on the blind man. You know what, officer? I'm new at driving. Right. (laughs) I didn't realize... That a stop sign actually meant come to a complete stop, but I'm learning. Oh. I'm new. Oh, yeah. that's that's fine. Go go on your way, miss. Yeah. Uh, you know, Republicans say it best. Ignorance is no excuse for the law. And being new is no excuse for breaking the law, obstructing justice. Can I make a point? Yes, please. If anyone in this room would be elected president we would also be new but i will bet you dollars to donuts we would not be screwing up on the level that trump is no way we at least we passed a civics we course. would listen to somebody else's opinion too we would well, say there's that when somebody told us that hey mr president don't uh, be in a room alone with the director of the fbi for instance we would have said okay the, you know the very fact that he asked the attorney general to leave and Jared his Kushner. son-in-law to leave he that was him asking them to leave he did he knew what he was about to say was hinky yeah was yeah. was not above board and he did not want them to witness it yeah. so that's not new right that's calculating right and they try to explain it away. They're like, oh, well, this is the way he does business. you know. But again, this is the words of George Will, Republican. Oh, Donald Trump is an adult, a 70-year-old billionaire who claimed, I alone can fix it regarding the entire federal government. I mean, this is what he said. So you know, how can we possibly expect that? And then, of course, it belies the entire part that he's been lying. They're ignoring the fact that he's lying and saying, yeah. well, he's new to you know government. <laughs> Yeah, but he's not new to lying, and that's what he's doing. Yes, yes. No, that's (laughs) he's had seventy years of experience of that. Yeah. So this is this is ickier ickier than icky. But Paul Ryan is just has no credibility. No, no, none. None. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He lost his credibility when he was uh, washing clean pans in that homeless shelter a couple years ago. (laughs) He's never gained it back for me. He did not even wash the clean pan. He just held the clean pan with the clean sponge and wearing the clean apron. And you know, I, you know me, I've tried to carry some water. Paul Ryan, are you new? Yeah, (laughs) are you new? Are you new? And and that's their question. That uh, was uh, David Jolly. No, it was definitely a Republican. I'm joking with Charlie Sykes, who said, "Well, Paul Ryan, these are Republicans." Who said, well, wait a minute, Paul Ryan, if he's new. And by the way, let me play this, play the longer clip, because this is these are all the clips of him saying this. You the know? president's new at this. Oh, God. He's just new to this. He just, he's new at government. And so, therefore, I think that he uh, he's learning lie. as he goes. Oh. And he's 
you now know why he's frustrated because he was told nothing wrong here and he wants to get things done for the American people. He wants to deliver on these reforms. Well, hey, Republicans, maybe you shouldn't uh, rally behind somebody who's new then for the position of for president. You just said what Charlie Sykes said. That's what I was going to just quote. Yeah. That, that they Maybe said. you you should put more experienced candidates to back. Why did you endorse him? Yeah. If you were so okay with him, you know, and again, it, it, it doesn't, nothing holds up. But they're trying to take a turd and polish the hell out of it, and they can't seem to polish it. And the reason it. why they're trying to polish a turd is because of all the things. <laughs> she swore. That they are doing to the American people, to the American land. Right. Because as we're watching this dog and phony show go on (laughs) on the Hill, uh, Ryan and the Republicans just got a Dodd-Frank. Yeah, they just got a Dodd. That's not going to happen while we were all watching Comey. We're all watching Comey. put through the House a consumer... Uh, release uh, just, just basically take up upends all the consumer protections that Obama right. did and said banks can do whatever they want. Right, they and can then they can raise your rates. Remember that time when they would just like change the rates because you missed a payment or yeah. all this? Oh yeah, that's coming back if they get it through the Senate. So is uh, so is uh, they overturned the law that says your broker actually has to operate the fiduciary in best, responsibility in your best interest. Right, you they, get that. Listen carefully. They just voted to get rid of the part of fiduciary responsibility that Obama and Elizabeth Warren put in that. Requ- requires your investment you know broker to be to have your to not collect 17 billion they were making 17 billion a year yeah. in skimming off the top yeah. in money that just they just pocketed themselves not yeah. telling you about it that they made profit while you made profit and without telling you so this is the things they're trying to undo and and, and I know it, it's very it's very nefarious and it's very icky well I, and, but I'd like to what I would like to hear from Paul Ryan is how gutting Dodd Frank is going to help a coal miner making 22k a year well by making them self-reliant they'll want to they'll work harder no dude no i want to hear it from ryan i know i want to hear his mountain of flowing bs to cover the fact that he is basically handing the keys to the american economy to a bunch of corrupt bankers okay stein i want to call you on this go ahead so when i see you saying well they're trying you, you. Well, know- they're, I tell you what they're doing motive-wise. They're trying to save their turd, but they're not admitting to themselves that they, you know, are so saving you, a turd. So turd. you're not giving them credit for that. No, I'm, I'm giving credit. For, in the, uh, it was a wrong word. Okay. When okay. I say I'm giving credit for trying, I, it was kind of facetious and tongue-in-cheek because, let's face it, uh, they're trying to polish a turd. And I, and I only give them credit for saying, well, I could see why they'd want to polish a turd to protect their party, but it doesn't. doesn't and self-interest. It's, and self-interest. Yeah. But you, you can do that. You can do, and in politics, you do that a little bit here and here. But when you make an absolute daily policy of it, you don't have any credibility anymore. It's like lying, like yeah, President like Trump lying. does. <laughs> when you make an absolute hourly yeah. policy of lying, yes. kind of just destroys your credibility. Well, I mean, if you're... If your job is going to be cleaning the poo off the wall that the orangutan flings, <laughs> then that's going to be your job, not doing anything else, not doing anything constructive for the American people. You've decided to hitch your wagon to the poo-flinging tweet monster, and all right, well, then that's your job, then. You're you're the guy behind the elephant in the circus parade pushing poop with a broom. Speaking of, <laughs> up next, the tweet monster almost broke a Twitter record, and the intervention by Republicans, even the Fox News Republican, continues as they try to correct the behavior of Donald Trump, this is all on Jeff's world. I don't want to know, no, 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 who's taking you. This is 
Jeff's World, the uh, place where we look at this great experiment called America and hopefully leave it better than we found it. I'm Jeff Stein, along with Erica Ferriston and Jeff Hendrick, and we're talking about the Republican intervention, trying to help the, what, what, did, what was the British name for the, the orange one? I can't say it on the <laughs> oh, air. Oh, that's right. You can't say it on the air. <laughs> Something about a gibbon monkey. A uh, gibbon, yes. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, Every president gets called a million names. Get used to it. It's it's was it's, it's uh, come on, Donald. Anyway, the Twitter record he almost broke. You're going to find this hilarious. I've kind of like teased this in a way that's kind of a cheat. Um, he almost broke his own record of most days not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If he, what? If he most hours. Okay. If he'd waited till six a.m. this morning before responding to the Comey thing, he would have broken a record for the most amount of time not on Twitter. Which would have been what? Almost two days. Almost two days. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do it. And so it's fascinating because if you look around the because if you look around the psychology sphere, if you will, on the Internet, there's lots of speculation on what the heck's wrong with this guy. And psychologists love to kind of talk about it in little circles. Right. Well, and and the one they keep coming to is like, well, he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't do alcohol, as far as we know. Well, and we, as far as we know. Right. Right. So everyone is keeps pointing his addiction clearly is Twitter again. I mean, we know this is fairly obvious, but that's his addiction in the same way that, you know, because because he just sits there and he watches the likes and he watches the retweets. And he just, ah, yeah. I will tell you what's wrong with Donald Trump. (laughs) Tertiary stage untreated syphilis. (laughs) I know you keep saying that. I I keep saying that. And and I'm right. Maybe you are. I'm right. I mean, his doctor we've seen is the guy. I can't, right. The autopsy is going to reveal so much. (laughs) The autopsy. It's a spirochete the size of a spaniel living inside that guy. (laughs) Right. They're they're just going to open it up and be like, oh my gosh. His yeah. brain is the size of a pea. That's all that was wrong. We had all of these speculations, but really just yeah. not there. And again, I don't fault anyone for voting for him because of what he said. If you were voting on what he said, I know all the crazy stuff that we we, we went through and said, that's racist, that's lying, that's et cetera. But, but if it, you, hey, if you're a racist. Well, that too. That's, but if you, that's your guy. Right? But if you were just listening to the parts you wanted to hear, which were he's going to fix health care, he's going to fix infrastructure, he's going to make sure banks are held accountable— I could see why he'd vote to him. It's just here we are. Now it should be very clear to you that none of those things he said he was going to do, he is going to do. Or, or, I have a know. unicorn I want to sell these people. <laughs> well, the unicorns are making their way through Fox News. What but, are you say? but interestingly enough, if you knew how government worked and you listened to him, yeah. you wouldn't have voted for him. That's because correct. What and that's you... why they cut civics, so that you don't know how government works and you'll yeah. vote for these shills that tell you what you want to hear while the Republican Congress cuts your consumer protections yeah cuts your health care yeah takes your money and puts it in their pockets in the pockets of the top one percent oh and don't forget about our air on water because we're going to take a big poop on them too it's interesting too because the best thing that's happening to the republicans that they are right now they're yeah. congressional republicans because obviously i like i've said and i keep wanting to point this out there are many republicans that again i would consider from my family type of eisenhower republicans who are rising up and they are speaking including even neil cavuto from Fox Business. What? I know. What? I know. Fox's, you know, Neil Cavuto. What? He wants to do a Trump intervention. This made some news this last week. Listen to this. <laughs> Mr. President, it's not the fake news media that's your problem. It's you. <gasps> it's not just your tweeting. It's your scapegoating. <gasps> it's your refusal to see that sometimes you're the one who's feeding your own beast and acting beastly with your own guys. Those are your guys, Mr. President. They're on your team, Mr. President. And right about now, they seem shell-shocked and dejected, though looking at their deer in the headlight eyes, I bet they're too afraid to tell you. 
Now, they're not perfect, but they do have your back. As no less than the Wall Street Journal muses today, do you have theirs? Mr. President, they didn't tweet disparaging comments about a London mayor in the middle of a murder spree. You did. They didn't create that needless distraction. You did. They didn't get you off your very valid and very promising agenda. You did. They didn't turn on a travel ban that you signed. You did. You're right to say a lot of people are out to get you, Mr. President. They are. But as the journal pointed out, the buck stops with you, Mr. President, at risk ruining the very promising economic agenda that has buoyed spirits and the markets because of you, Mr. President. That's good. Look at these critiques you're now hearing from usually friendly and supportive allies as sort of like an intervention. Because firing off these angry misses and tweets risks your political destruction. Quoting the journal, if this pattern continues, Mr. Trump may find himself running an administration with no one but his family and the Breitbart staff. People of talent and integrity won't work for a boss who undermines them in public without thinking about the consequences. They're not the problem. Mr. President, like I said, these days, you are. Boom. Wow. Okay, wow. Wow. See? Wow. Even uh, patriots in that area are he, rising. And he hinted at something that I've, I've, been, I've been following. There are 441 cabinet positions still unfilled by this guy. Thank you, and I want to I dispel one of the biggest 441 lies. 441 jobs that he has. I mean, jobs, jobs, jobs. He hasn't even filled there's out his 441 cabinet. he could create right there. No kidding. <laughs> right, there's, there's I mean, they're just, you just got to put him in. He can't <laughs> even do that. It's a gimme. It's a gimme. And it's a gimme. We are down 441 jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this is one of the lies I want to dispel because I go through the right-wing pages and the Facebook spreads, right. And they Thank love you to for that. Yeah, they love to. I can't do it. Well, it's fascinating. They love to say that um, he's 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 not getting any appointments in because the Democrats are blocking it. <laughs> now again, <laughs> Civics One Hundred and One. There's wow. nothing the Democrats can do to block. They can block. A, they can filibuster a Supreme Court nominee, which yeah. they tried and they nuclearized. That was the last thing that they right. could filibuster. There is not a single cabinet position that can be filibustered by the Democrats. Nope. It is not civicsly possible for them to. But what has been occurring is that Donald Trump has not even put anybody up. One, because he's not trying, and two, because he can't get people. There were oh. four people for the FBI job who preemptively said, don't ask me. Right. And and I think the third part of that equation, I don't think he gets what he's supposed to be doing still. No, he doesn't understand the job. He doesn't get the job. Oh, he's learning as he goes, says Paul Ryan. He's new. He's Come new. on. Give him a break. New. So I, I Who will cares ex- if those positions are filled? I will accept that from a teenager screwing up my burger at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> you're new. All right. I get it. The pickles were on the outside of the bun. I yeah. think you're high, Pickle. but yeah. that's cool. All right. Yeah. But uh, the leader of the free world, I kind of want him to have it all in one sock. Yeah. Come on. You, you want to try, at least. So, uh, <laughs> Or be better at fooling me. Come- <laughs> If you can't do the job, be better at pulling the wool over my eyes, by God. (laughs) So coming up, I want to get into that. Again, the heads of these Paul Ryans and such, and maybe explain a little bit of why they are the way they are, what's their philosophy behind all this, and the lightning round involving, uh, what did I promise? I promised uh, the Jurassic Park being vindicated, uh, mom shaming 2017, and some other things. And I want to leave you with the parts of the Comey hearing which will restore your faith in democracy. This is Jeff's World. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're given but want to stay.
He's just new to this. So wait, the president is just learning on the job? Even at Chipotle, you have to shadow someone for a week. Yeah, there you go. See? You, that Jeff Hendrick there gave you the joke before the joke. You knew the same thing. I'm Jeff Stein along with Erica Ferriston, and you heard Jeff Hendrick. Uh, yeah, right? Even you want your Chipotle employee God, to have some had he basic... ever even uh, visited Washington, D.C.? Like, taken a <laughs> no. tour? No, that's the funny thing. He'd hardly ever even been there. I remember he'd never been in the White House, nothing. You know, just he's not a democracy geek. And I don't necessarily fault him for that. He could have learned on the job. He was a really clever guy who was super curious and super interested. You know, yeah. Oh, you said if. If, huh. if. Okay, if. thank you. Yeah, I was just yeah. looking at you like, no. What? So meanwhile, yes. while all this craziness has been going on, there's so much there's so much little statewide stuff, which I, we could do. Eric and I could do a whole show on what's happening in California. It's freaking amazing. We may have to do like a separate show just about California um, because there's just Herculean efforts to get all kinds of things through and the infighting with the Democratic Party because it's trying to figure out its soul. Uh, and to great, I think it's going to, uh, you know, flesh out and go well. But for the moment, it's ugly. Um, <laughs> Mom and dad are always fighting. Yeah, it's a little of that. Transparency equals unity, people. Yeah, that's right. Transparency is <laughs> good. But meanwhile, one thing that's been going on is in Kansas, where Governor Brownback oh, was trying to. Now, first of all, just to give you a little background, they've been running deficits. And the economy has been tanking, unemployment going up. Everything, every indicator is getting worse and worse in Kansas because there's been a full, you know, right wing Republican majority on everything and brownback. And they just cut taxes on rich people, increase the burdens on poor people, cut education, cut services, cut everything and ran up a deficit, which from my Republican background, I just go, my family would have gone, well, that doesn't make any sense. It's one thing to cut and have austerity, but you cut up balance the budget that's the freaking point no you no, you know no, no. didn't even do that no dude that's They're not the point both. that is not the point the <laughs> point is to enrich the already wealthy and take it off the backs of the poor so and that's what they did in kansas so that's what it feels like to i know to sensible people and certainly the people in this room and economists and economists right <laughs> But they don't see it that way, of course. They don't see it as meaning the Paul Ryans and the Brownbacks, because they obviously are in a similar... They look at him like this is successful because our rich people are richer. Well, they look at it philosophically. They and that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Now, in the meantime, again in Kansas, they're like those what went poor down, people are really working hard and barely getting by, and that's the way the world should work because that's their philosophy: suffer more. Well, they think that pay, inc- they do think a little bit that increased pain will make you work harder, Although which is Paul a Ryan's misnomer. Mom, who was a single mom, benefited greatly from all of these types of social As, benefits, allowing Paul Ryan to get an education. Yeah, and and but you know whatever he got his, so screw everybody else. Same thing with Ben Carson. Same exact playbook with that guy, and he's and he's got the same philosophy. I got mine. Screw you. So Paul, so Brownback got so far off the Republican ranch, even so far right wing that they that the, the, they overrode his veto because he vetoed to make taxes even worse for folks. And the Republicans in the Kansas legislature said, yeah, that's even too evil for us. Wow. <laughs> and they overturned it. They got the two thirds majority and overdid his veto and passed something that was a little less mean, but still 
the, they say that the in, poor Kansans would could expect to pay about 9.8% of the, their income taxes on average, and the very rich would pay about 5.5%. Okay, first God. of all, you can tell that's wrong. But after this year's tax case, even though then Brownbacks was going to make that 10 times worse, and what the legislature still got through, now it's uh, the, the richest pay only 4.8%, and the poorest owe 11.8%. So the poor people in Kansas pay almost three times, two and a half times as much in their income tax rate, not even the amounts. You know, and they about the don't rate. even get good public schools they they, or sidewalks yeah. or any of these yeah. parks, anything from it. There's if there's a great book titled What's the Matter, Matter with, with Kansas, Kansas by Thomas uh, Frank, right? right? I think so. Yeah, great. I Check mean, it out. I, it explains that whole situation. It explains where when Republican ideology went from being this so fiscal conservatism and social conservatism into this kind of one note ideology. And that's what I wanted to explain to you, uh, what I understand it to be, some of the things that where this is coming from. And I can tell you two words, Ayn Rand. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, if you don't follow, uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to throw her out entirely. There's parts of her philosophy that you go, oh, that's good. That's great. That's whatever. But I'm going to tell you, give me a few of these quotes and then it'll give you an idea all right, of, of why, where they get this sort of things, all right? She says they're really obsessed with individualism, okay, and that anything collective is bad. It's interesting, Everything though, because collectively they take our money and they give it <laughs> to their rich friends, right? which is also socialism for them, oppression and usury for us. Right. So please tell me how that fits into any kind of philosophy. Well, Again, let I mean, me give you just just take it for what ridiculous. it is. I'm not to uh, you know because I I will agree with you guys that that it's wrongheaded. That, well, that's not the like, debate that's here. That's what the banks did. They privatized the profits and they socialized the losses. Right among privatized losses, socialized the, the profits. People, the I poor. mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Uh, this quote. There's some quotes from Ayn Rand to give you a little a sense of what we're talking about here. The smallest minority on earth is the individual. Those who deny individual rights cannot claim to be the defenders of minorities. And so this is where they justify things like racial discrimination, because the right of the individual exceeds the right of some sort of minority group who has a grievance. Right. So I'm a rich old white guy, a rich old Christian white guy. Therefore, my opinion is law and everybody else can suck it hind teat. A creative it's man. Ridiculous. A creative man is motivated by the desire to achieve, not the desire to beat others. And they believe this, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I swear by my life and my love of it, I that I will never live for the sake of another man, nor ask another man to live for mine. Oh yeah, they they don't listen to that one at all. No, well, yes and no, because on the one, because that's this is where it gets twisted. It's like religion. You start out with a good thing like, uh, you know, thy will be done, and you turn it into your the God is evil and angry and wants to smite you. Uh, this is the case of I, I will never live for the sake of another man. So they take that part of it like, well, I'm not here to help anybody else. But then they forget the part, nor ask another man to live for mine, all this sort of thing. Uh, to say I love you, you must first be able to say the I. It's a very, again, it's this centric. There are two sides to every issue. One side is right and the other is wrong, but the middle is always evil. Now wow. you see. Oh, so there it is. Compromise is bad. Right. Right? Wow. Contradictions do not exist. Whenever you think you are facing a contradiction, check your premises. You will find that one of them is wrong, which is, again, reinforcing once you decide you are right. Everybody else is wrong. Everyone else is wrong. And then because there's no middle. Right. 
they must be right or they must be wrong. <laughs> uh, the hardest thing to explain. Oh, see, the, the, uh, well, they're getting what they what they yeah. reap because that's an ugly way to live. That's an ugly experience to have. Not if you're on the winning end of it. <laughs> but the pro- but but most you know? of the people, of course the, not. But the yeah. but the Republican, you know, people, the regular folk that most of them are not on the winning financial end. Oh god no. And and they but they are the ones who continue to perpetuate this. Yeah, so understand the, when you if you read a little sign rand and again there's a lot of great stuff. It's not like I'm throwing out the whole thing but the parts that they really extract that the Paul Ryan's extract especially well, this it's like anti-collectivism. Yeah. It's like religion, it's like Scientology, it's like this, it's also like the Adam Smith quote about um the free market. They all like to go, oh, it's the free market's going to solve everything. And what they fail to ever get is the second half of the Adam Smith quote was basically saying, hey, yeah, great, corporations and profits, all that good, but it has to benefit man. And they just lop that off and just go, free market will take care of everything. And it's not the free market. Erica brought this up. It's socialized market for them. It's the free market for us. The other one is, my country right or wrong. The rest of the quote is, to right her when she's wrong and to keep her right when she's right. Thank you. You know, they forget the back part of the quote. Because that's the hard stuff. That's the heavy lifting. Right. And so it's much easier if you believe that there is no middle ground, that there's only right and wrong. And and that that you're the one who's right and everyone else is wrong. But be note on this one, the collectivism. They hate the idea of anything that's a group or a committee or an organization. It automatically fails. It threatens their idea of power. Right, because power is through the individual, and especially when you can concentrate as much wealth as you can, then you get more power. Correct. They believe that. If you get more power, you get more power. If you want more power, if you don't like the tax code, make more money. You know, as they added Except attitude. they send their kids to public schools. They drive along the roads. They are happy yeah. to have electricity come to their homes, a sewer system. It's all paid for by collective taxes. Well, they'd love to have it all privatized. So, okay. <laughs> as we continue. That, do you know what that's going to cost them out of their pocket to have their own private sewer system that they now have to maintain, pay to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you do a private road. Oh, so, well, I guess it's toll roads. I guess they're happy to pay tolls. Yeah, yeah. As we return here, we're going to keep going with this. Uh, the lightning round, again, as I promised, and also we're going to give you the parts of the Comey hearing which will restore your faith in democracy. This is Jeff's World. I'm Erica Ferris. I'm Erica Ferris. She's Erica <laughs> Ferris, and I'm Jeff Stein. He's Jeff Hendrick. Obviously, I have an identity crisis. I knew you wanted to be me. I know. We all do. We, we all do. This is Jeff. <laughs> Trump mentioning hookers gave us the delightful bonus of watching serious reporters have to repeat those words on national television. The idea that the president of the United States is at one point calling the FBI director and saying, I have nothing to do with Russian hookers. You don't often read a document from an FBI director taking notes that the president called me to say he didn't hang out with hookers. 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 And a lot of the dossier actually was substantiated, but that particularly salacious detail was not. The salacious detail about the hookers. Yes. <laughs> That's Will Flitzer. I'm Jeff Stein. Erica Barrison, Jeff Hedrick. I knew you'd like, what do you call it? Will Flitzer all the time? G- game show host? He's, a game, he's, a, he's not fit to be a game show host. <laughs> no, seriously, the first time he came on, like I said, the first time he came on the air and said, we'll be reading your tweets. I was like, no, you won't. <laughs> not mine. Not oh, mine. Lord. 
So that's the uh, that was brought up, and if you didn't catch that in the Comey hearing, uh, isn't that like an old timey term? Hookers? hookers, yeah, you know, it still floats around. I guess it still has, you know. I can right? actually tell you why they're called hookers. Because of John, somebody named Hooker, John right? J. Hooker. John J. Hooker was uh, he was the, one of the original pimps. He was well, yeah, I guess so. He was. He was See, a, the man gets all the credit for the woman, right? Work. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. That is very funny. Uh, so in the lightning round here, a few things. Uh, first of all, Jurassic Park, right again. Did you guys see this? You can see the pictures. Uh, they can't see it. They will put it on Facebook. A 99-million-year-old baby bird fossil. And you remember the movie Jurassic Park when they talked about birds became yes. dinosaurs, and they all laughed at him. No, dinosaurs became birds. Right, the other way around. Yeah. Uh, so, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. But yes, dinosaurs <laughs> became birds. Let's make that very clear. But a 99-million-year-old bird, and it's got even feathers. It was, it's preserved in amber, like you had in the old, uh, you know. Uh, and I just thought that was that cool. That is cool. I just think this is so neat. It's uh, Anyway, but I guess... Now, are, are we going to... Are we going to... Are we going to clone this thing? Are we going to have <laughs> Jurassic Bird? Right. Are we? Uh, so we have a, a, a one of the big mom shamings of 2017. What? Uh, yeah, what? Jessica Simpson. Uh, is being you know, shamed as a mom? Well, I'll let you see the picture. Here's his daughter. Her daughter, uh, Maxwell, is the name of the daughter. Now, for me, that's the mom shaming. I, what, you name a girl Maxwell? I, maybe I love I'm old it. School. They'll call her Max. It's yeah, cute. Well, Maxine, or, Ma- or Maxie. Maxie Maxwell is so male to me. I don't. I mean, I'm too gender oriented. That's a trend. I know to flip the name. Well, it's like my my wife, of course, is is a elementary school teacher, and and you know, you see the name. It's always fascinating to see the names come up. What's popular? Noah's. You know, all these names that are so popular right now. But the uh, the right the reversal of the Taylor boy girl. Who knows? Who knows? You know, all these things. Just all the names are completely non-gender. Jody. Yeah, all those names. That's the old. She probably a lot of times when it happens. because uh, I have a friend, so my son is named James, and I have a friend, her daughter is named James. James, yeah, that one. And is me named out. after a beloved grandfather. So sometimes when you All see right. these, not, uh, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but some, I wonder if Maxwell is somebody in her family or. And they're like, this is my last kid. It's not a boy. Let's just do it. I have no idea. But so, anyway, what's the problem Well, here? five-year-old daughter Maxwell of, of Jessica Simpson, you know, the famed uh, not only singer, I guess, but really she's known for a clothing line. She's a billion-dollar, you know, retailer, effectively. She's got all kinds of stuff. Uh, but anyway, say she, she tw- tweeted a picture, as you guys can see here, of, of, of five-year-old Maxwell in a little bikini thingy uh, that you would normally wear when you're a five-year-old girl. It's nothing out of the ordinary. But as usual, internet went a little crazy. And said, "Wow, dare! Why would you sexualize your daughter like that? So sexualize this, sexualize that, and it's really it, that's it, the view of the person posting that comment. Yeah, yeah, because right, that's a bikini that." And it's one of those little fluffy ruffle bikinis, too. So it's not even like a bikini like, you know, something, you know, a Kendall Jenner would wear. No, no, no. Yeah, bikini when I was a little kid. Christ, my my kid brother's going to kill me for this. But uh, he was known as Nature Boy in the neighborhood because when it would get really hot in Lexington, Kentucky, he would just, he would literally run around the outside of the house buck naked. Mm -hmm. Yelling yelling at the top of his lungs. My my advice to that is do it while you can. Well, no kidding. (laughs) Because now it's a felony if I do it. Right, exactly, exactly. And the, and the one thing that was lost. I think in it's picture, a cute picture. It is yeah. adorable picture. She's excited. She's in her joy. She's got her scooter. Yeah. Living yeah, the dream. Yeah. And look what's on her head. A helmet. A helmet. A helmet. Yeah. 
That's a good responsible mom. Right. Yeah, she's got a helmet with her scooter. Right. And she's just in her pavement in her backyard. She doesn't, you know, you could argue she didn't need a helmet because she's no, not no, out in your car. No, no, you have to wear a helmet. I totally agree. Absolutely. But you can make a small argument, I'm just saying, in the terms of, anyway, I just think You would again, be Ayn I- I- Rand wrong, though. Right, thank you. I would be Ayn Rand wrong. <laughs> um, the collective demands you wear your helmet. <laughs> Right? You could make an argument whether you need the wrist guards and the knee pads and yeah, the elbow yeah, pads. The brain the bucket. Helmet, that's kind of, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Another one, uh, again, we, we didn't get a chance because we, we were off. I was on vacation to be out in nature. But while I was out in nature, uh, the Paris, the other thing, now, we don't, can't go deep into uh, Donald Trump jumping out of the Paris thing. But the one thing I do want to mention. Bear in, uh, bear in mind, the exiting process for that, four years minimum. See? So it's it's like a good 75% of what this idiot has done, it means nothing in the long run. Yeah. It's not going to become a law. The horrible budget that, that got past the, the House, dead on arrival in the Senate. In fact, yeah. it wasn't even Mitch McConnell that said it was uh, uh, Lindsey Graham said, right. no, DOA, yeah. bitch, bitches, so go back and try it again. So again, I want people that listen to the show and, and, and are left-leaning to just take a big, deep breath right. and like- Realize that ninety percent of what he wants to do to us will never come to pass. Yeah, it's just All not right? something to need to worry about. We have much. checks and balances, baby, and we have Unless them for a reason. Still, the next election, yeah. Ixnay on the eel stay. Yes. <laughs> We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to but, talk but, about. The, but the good news is, is then if you did follow it, and please, this is an example of if I have any unsolicited advice for you, is as, as these stories occur, do what Jeff Hendrick just suggested. Is like, really? Is it going to really take effect? Is it, is First it question, happen, yeah. is it going to uh, take effect? And then the second question would be, what did everybody else do in reaction? Jerry Brown went to China, signed his own agreement. Right. <laughs> Governor of California, obviously. Jerry Brown went and signed his own agreement and said, well, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Exxon, Walmart. Companies who you would think would never, you know, you would think were nefarious if you were a lefty went, no, 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 we we still want this, too. And it's like, wow. Which, which is shocking for both of those companies to come out to the forefront right? and defend that. But uh, they're like, it's amazing no, green energy is where we need to be. It's, it's, Duh. Well, Duh. Be- because fossil fuels are finite. And the thing about the word and finite. They pollute. And they pollute. But also limited. Yeah. It, and it's also a limited the resource. Paris- Accord doesn't even begin to go far enough. Which is why Nicaragua didn't and sign on. Which is why, you know, too, uh, you know, people that ExxonMobil would be like, yes, 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 we're all for this. Yeah. Because right. we don't want something even, you know, <laughs> more more pro-environment. <laughs> yeah. And we're not stupid enough to oppose this because then all eyes will be turned to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted so much. We we got to stop that topic, unfortunately. But uh, I wanted to get into the, the. We'll have to. It'll it'll come back around, I'm sure, and oh, yeah. we'll hit the climate thing because there was so much to that story that was just so Im- empowering and so thrilling because of the way we all responded to it. And even to be able to take apart when I watched some of the Rand Paul go on with Jake Tapper and and say how horrible this climate agreement was. And I just wanted to take it apart, part by part, because again, it was just a giant misinformation lie fest that wasn't just had no facts based. It's right. like, come on, dude. But again, it was. Rand Paul being like Ayn Rand, which is who he's named after, after uh, uh, saying anything that's a group agreement is bad. Right. <laughs> and so he was right. just tearing it apart because it was a group which, agreement. Never mind the fact that it's our planet. And we share it. There's that. And also, <laughs> what a what a momentous occasion to get 190 countries to nod their head at the yes. same time. Come never, on. Nobody's already ever done that. No. Ever. So, so suck it. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Boo. 
So as we close out the show here, I want to do some of the, again, the, 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 what made me, gave me the warm fuzzies from the Comey experience. Uh, because I think there was, it, it really, we stepped up in a lot of ways. One, the biggest one, we, we watched it and said, oh, these are institutions. And there are people like James Comey who are perfect for their job, who live and breathe being crossing T's and dotting I's. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God that they're very meticulous and, and very six, purposeful. Eight. And they're 6'8". He's a tall drink of water. Uh, so one of the things first, here's a couple of questions. These were mostly Joe Manchin, not a fan in this room, but right. I like Joe Manchin. Right. And, but here's some of the questions he did. I thought were particularly nice. Well, first of all, I want to see, show you why I, I like Joe Manchin. Listen to this opening from him. West Virginians are very interested in this, uh, in, in this, uh, hearing that we're having today. I've had over 600 requests for questions to ask you <laughs> from my fellow West Virginians. And most of them have been asked. And there's quite a few of them that were quite detailed while asking our, uh, classified hearing. I want to thank you, first of all, for coming and agreeing to be Check here, this out. volunteering, but also volunteering to stay into the classified hearing. I don't know if you had a chance to watch our hearing yesterday. I, this. I uh, watched part of it, yes, watch. sir. And it was quite troubling. Um, my colleagues here had some very pointed questions they wanted answers to. They weren't classified. They could have answered in this open setting. They refused to do so. So that even much makes us much more appreciative of your cooperation. We're talking about Dan, um, uh, Mike Rogers and Dan Coates, who just stopped answering questions and then said they wouldn't do more. Right. And, and Which, so, again, we've talked about. If you're involved in any periphery way or main way with an investigation, most of the time someone's telling you, keep your mouth shut because we're not done yet. Yeah. And, which, and even you can't even say that because of the rules. You can't say, oh, by the way, I'm in the middle of this muck and mire and I can't say anything because... Yeah. I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, and I and I like Joe Manchin. The reason, again, he he his own West Virginian said, "Could you ask about Hillary and all this sort of thing?" And so he did. So I'll give him credit for being you know respectful of his constituents and trying to ask. Here's the next part that I thought he uh, was really a nice moment here. Sir, uh, do you believe that uh, Robert Mueller, the our new special um, investigator uh, on Russia, will be thorough and complete without political intervention? And would you be confident on these findings and recommendations? Yes. Bob Mueller is one of the finest people and public servants this country has ever produced. Hmm. He will do it well. He is a dogged, tough person. And you can have high confidence that when it's done, he's turned over all the rocks. You've been asked a wide variety of questions today. And we're going to be hearing more, I'm sure, in our classified hearing. Uh, something I often ask folks when they come here, um, what details of this saga would be uh, should we be focusing on and what would you recommend us do differently? Hmm. Or to adjust our perspective on this? I don't know. I, one of the reasons that I'm pleased to be here is I think this committee has shown the American people, although we have two parties and we disagree about important things, we can work together when it involves the core interests of the country. Yeah. So I would hope yeah. you'll just keep doing what you're doing. It, it's good in and of itself, but it's also a model, especially for kids, that we, we are a functioning adult democracy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I I like the fact that James Comey will say I don't know. Yeah. You know do you know how do you know how emotionally secure and sort of okay with yourself you yes. have to be yes. in those circumstances to say, you know what? I have no idea the answer to that question. And you know what? It is perfectly okay to not know everything. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that that's sort of being revealed here. Like, oh, yeah, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. I think what these these words he said, everything you just heard, it, it did so much to restore faith in institutions. And yeah. 
when because we do need to know that there are great people trying to do earnest work right. and get it done and try to protect us, trying to make sure that law justice is served, all that good stuff. And you know, Bob Mueller and the way he expressed it, the fact that Joe Manchin said, "Hey, can we? Can you tell us what we should do? Right. You know, uh, what 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 do we what what are we missing?" Right. And that shows so much again, a strength of character. Strength of character. You yeah. know, you gotta you you gotta be okay with yourself to say, "I don't know everything." Yeah. And I I've always thought that that makes you look smarter than trying to BS your way through it or throw out some pablum for everybody to sop up. No. I don't know the answer to that question. It's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. And this is the to me the the most important thing that was said. The most important thing that was said in those hearings. And you've heard me beat it to death on this show because of all the stuff, Trump and Republicans and Democrats and all the stuff that we're right, talking right. about Russia. This is about the fact this what all these hearings are about that Russia is messing with us. And the reason I think it's important that we reestablish our, our knowing that our institutions are good is because as soon as you put out a story that says institutions are, un, you can't trust them, things are bad, I can guarantee you the Ru- Russians will be working hard to repeat that and get that in everybody's <laughs> newsfeed. Absolutely. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. And here's what's that moment with uh, James Comey. Well, the reason this is such a big deal is we have this big, messy, wonderful country where we fight with each other all the time. But nobody tells us what to think, what to fight about, what to vote for, except other Americans. And that's wonderful and often painful. But we're talking about a foreign government that, using technical intrusion and lots of other methods, tried to shape the way we think, we vote, we act. That is a big deal. And people need to recognize it. It's not about Republicans or Democrats. They're coming after America, which I hope we all love equally. They want to undermine our credibility in the face of the world. They think that this great experiment of ours is a threat to them. And so they're going to try to run it down and dirty it up as much as possible. That's what this is about. And they will be back because we remain, as as difficult as we can be with each other, we remain that shining city on the hill and they don't like it. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, I can't even touch that. That's a perfect way to end the show. Uh, I've been Jeff Stein. She's been Erica Ferris. Then he's been Jeff Hendrick. Uh, This is Jeff's World. And if you have any questions, if you want to see that whole clip, it's on our Facebook. Watch that whole segment. I think you will be invigorated and you will believe again. And that is crucial because Russia is going to be working tirelessly all day long with rooms full of people to convince us otherwise and to convince us to each other. Thank you for listening. This has been Jeff's World. The social, political, pop-cultural discussion show that looks at life through the rose-colored eyes of the almost criminally optimistic Jeff Stein.